0: Hey, Praise shop of Paramount. Welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is from our very own John Tahaji. It was from our shotgun preaching night where we had multiple disciples ministering and speaking. Um, His message is a challenging one. It's about waking up, waking up to the time that we need to serve Christ today. Uh, We are not promised tomorrow. We have today to serve him. So we need to wake up and get ready. Man, just enjoy this one. Man, we're getting a three-course meal tonight. I kind of I wanted to chill and listen to everybody. Man, Ruben, I almost threw my mask at you, bro. Like for <laughs> Yeah, so we're going to get right into it. But just real quick, this is important. Pastor Omar, thank you. This, is, this means the world to me. This is my dream. I'm living my dream, guys. <laughs> Dreams come true. This is all I've wanted to be was, you know, to preach the gospel, even though this microphone doesn't make me a preacher. But it's just important. This means a lot to me. So thank you, Pastor Marcia Ciletti. I don't take it lightly. All right. Matthew chapter 25, verse 1 through 3. Some of this stuff uh, was already talked about. We're going to fly through it. And I'm just going to preach the word as if none of these guys had said it before. So check this out. The parable of the wise and the foolish virgins in uh, Matthew chapter 25, verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all the virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, said... No, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while I went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, "Lord, Lord, open to us." But he answered and said, "Surely I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming." We mentioned the pandemic, if you've been living under a rock, you don't know what it is, but but the pandemic isn't COVID-19, it's that the church is asleep. God is on the move, and you're not moving with him. We have, as Christians, going through our walk and doing what, what it is that we thought God wanted us to do, and we just become, we become so entrapped, and and now Christianity has become this environmental culture rather than a spiritual lifestyle. And we go through the motion, and now what happens is we, we are now being conditioned by our culture rather than our culture being conditioned by us. And this is how the church fell asleep. This is how We just fell into a slumber because we thought that God was delayed. We thought that Jesus' second coming has been delayed. So we thought we we, we had enough time. And this is what the foolish virgins thought. Well, he's delayed, so I have time. Because we fell asleep, Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name, and I will declare to them, I never knew you, depart from me for you who practice lawlessness. In general, lawlessness is iniquity and rebellion to God. Jesus is warning the people against self-deception. What some of us are doing now is that I'm okay where I'm at. It's possible to exercise ministry, the authority of scripture in the name of Jesus without actually walking in obedient discipleship. Religion and tradition and culture, it teaches us and it shows us that it's okay to go through the mechanical worship of honor and all these things without actually worshiping with your lifestyle. What does this look like exactly? It looks like church on Sunday. It looks like church on Wednesday. Church on Friday. It looks like communion. It looks like fellowship. It looks like tithing. But what you're really lacking is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We can't tell anymore. That's why I believe that there is going to be a birth of spirit, the Holy Spirit, and truth where Christians actually pick up their Bible and read and you're not going to be able to fool us anymore. We're going to be to operate in discernment. We're going to be able to say, you know what? You can hide from your family. You can hide from your pastor. You can hide from your husband, but you cannot hide from God. You cannot hide from God. You can do what is what you want to do, but you cannot hide from God. The problem is, is that, we're driven by our external expressions rather than our internal commitments. And Jacob hit the nail on the head. I put it like this. I can walk into a bank, right? I walk into a bank, but that doesn't make me a millionaire. And the same way you walking into a church doesn't make you a Christian. There has to be a deposit. There has to be an investment. There has to be a work that has to be done. In James chapter 2, it says, faith without works is dead. So when you think of your faith, you better think of works too. You better think of God. I know it takes something to please you. Other than my my sinner's prayer. Other than me repenting every night and saying saying an empty prayer. God wants you to show him. Matthew chapter 15, verse 7 through 8. It says this, hypocrites, what did Isaiah prophesy about you saying? Those who draw near, these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. I'm going to skip to verse 14. It says, let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into a ditch. This brings me back to the parable of the 10 bridesmaids, the 10 virgins, as five were wise and five were foolish. If they were all foolish, then nobody would have made it into the banquet. But there were five wise and five foolish. However, all of them were asleep. And I started to think, well, who woke them up? It was the Christians and the believers who never fell asleep. It was the Christians and the believers that never fell asleep. I have come today to ring the bell, to sound the alarm that Jesus is coming. I am here. I'm not, I'm not talking about a little doorbell in the flower shop ding. I am, I am clinging cymbals. And I'm telling you that there is not enough time that we need to get ready now. Someday it's going to be too late, but it's not too late now. You need to work out your salvation with trembling and fear. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You don't fear God, so therefore you're not wise and you're walking around with your little empty oil and, there, and your lamps are barely burning because you thought that God has been delayed. You are working out your salvation, looking for the end times, saying, well, there's no wars uh, right now. There's no wars here. There's not enough, there's not enough famine. There's no, things can be worse. You're judging your walk with God in the time that you have ready according to the end times, but you don't know when your last day is going to be. One day it's going to be too late, but it's not too late now. I am, I am here as a messenger. I was asleep one time. And man, I, I, I pray every day, Lord, wake me up if I am. Begin to correct me and show me your heart. So then because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth. One of my favorite verses, and, and, and it just kept me so honest, and it really spoke to me, is, is Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26. It says, for if we sin willingly after we have received the knowledge of the truth, then no longer remains a sacrifice for your sins. What that means is, I have received the knowledge that Jesus has come to die for me, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. But I continue to indulge in my sin, do what it is whatever I want to do. There is no sacrifice left for your sins. You think you're safe, but you're not. You can't hide from God. When you die, it's going to be you and Jesus. Every single person in this room will die one day. You can't take your husband with you. You can't take your children with you. You can't leech off of other people and say, give me some of your oil. It's between you and Jesus. And what is he going to say? What is he going to say? He's going to say, depart from me for I never knew you. Or is he going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. We understand that. Oil in the scripture represents the Holy Spirit, and the lamps represent the word, for his word shall be a lamp unto our feet. We have to learn how to operate in spirit and in truth. That wherever we go, that we take the word of God with us, that we take the Holy Spirit with us. For greater is he that is in me that he is in the world. Listen, I'm tired of trying to please other people. God is, has sent me to be a messenger to the world, not just to the church, but to the world, that my life is a reflection of his, that I want to be a lighthouse to the broken. I want my light to shine in darkness, but I can't do that if I'm asleep. I can't do that if I think, okay, his, his coming has been delayed, so I'm safe. One of the Ten Commandments is thou shalt not put any I- other idols, any other gods before me. And I started to think about us and how we put so many things in front of God. And in today, it could be TV. It could be your cell phone. It could be literally anything that you put before God as, as a priority before God. And then I started to think, how many idols do we put before God be, before we become our own God? Saying, you know what? I'm more important than what God wants to do in my life. If I could have Omar come up or the worship team. God loves you like he sent his son, his perfect son, who was always with him, always in heaven. In the beginning, when he created the earth, Jesus was with him. And he sent him as a sacrifice for you because he loves you that much. But he hates your sin. He hates it, absolutely despises it. I will vomit you out of my mouth. He hates your sin. He will not share you. He is a jealous God. He will not share you. He is a jealous and just God. I believe God wants to give us blessings. I believe that God is for us. That in the same God in the Old Testament that delivered so many slaves and has brought his kingdom on earth. as. An, I believe in that God. I believe in blessing. I believe in prosperity. But I believe in his word that if we are not with him, then we are against him. That we, if we are not on his side, we are his enemies. And the church has to wake up. We have to be sure that our passion for God is greater than the culture around us. What does that look like? I'd rather be obedient to God than please men. And we have become so entangled with the culture of the church and worried about what other people think of us that when we ask for an altar call, you wait for somebody else to raise their hand. When God and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you in your heart, you wait for somebody else to get up. These are things that begin to, to just mold us and change us as we grow into culture rather into relationship. And God wants to begin to break that. He wants to set you free from thinking about what, uh, not caring what other people think about you. This world is going to meet judgment one day. And I, put it, and I put it like this. I can go to doubles. I can go anywhere. And I can use my debit card. And I know it's going to go through. Like, I know. I have an app. I can look and see, okay, I got money in my bank account, of course. I'm going to go swipe it, right? And, and I just know my wife can buy something without me knowing. It's going to go through. But you ever, stood, you ever stood in front of, you know, whoever you're buying something from, you swipe your card, and you know you have money. It's just like, man, I hope it goes through like, and this might not be relatable to you, but it's so relatable to me is, is that's the way I work out my relationship with God is my goodness. I have faith. And I know that if I was to walk out of these doors and die, I'm going to be before my father, but I can never be too safe. I can never be too sure. Lord, wake me up. Make me a man that is spirit led, that fears your word, that fears just fears you. Father, I want to work out my relationship with you with trembling and fear. We're just going everywhere, swiping, swiping, getting in debt and just not even worrying about what God thinks. Five wise and five foolish, all asleep, I want to be the messenger that says, God is coming. The kingdom is is at hand. The bridegroom is here. You don't have enough time to go fill your oil. You better wise up now. You better be sure and and work out your relationship for yourself. I believe in community. I believe in fellowship. I believe in accountability. I absolutely do. It is one of the reasons why I'm here today. But if you don't wise up, it's going to be too late when you're trying to leech and beg off other people and say, give me some of your oil. I didn't have much time to you today. I had one assignment that was to preach the word of God. It wasn't to pack these altars. It was to share with you. That's your job to fill these altars. The Holy Spirit is working in you and you want to throw it in the back of your head. That's fine. But I'm telling you to wake up. Don't worry about your neighbor next to you. Don't worry about your family. Don't worry about the argument you got with your spouse. Now is the time to get your walk with God right. We're not promised tomorrow. And my goodness, I understand the probability of me walking out these doors and laying with my wife and waking up the next day to enjoy it. But I'm not banking on that. I want to know, Father, did I please you today? Lord, I love you, and all these other things are byproducts of our adoration to God, because when it becomes adoration, it's no longer obligation, and you are set free from this mentality that you have to please others, that you have to please your pastor, that you have to please your spouse and your children, and you put on this front, but you can't hide from God. If I could have every head bowed and every eye closed.